You're listening to Donkey Brain the Podcast. Three, two, one. It's kind of tough. All right. We're a little later in the week. That's kind of my bad, but we are on. It's episode 53. We have Nate. Nate, what's your last name? Unless you don't want that disclosed. Yeah, let's not disclose that. I, okay, we have Nate I on. Incriminate myself. So nice. I guess, yeah, <laughs> if you really want to find out Nate's last name through context clues, we talked about Nate because he also married someone who had the same last name prior to getting married. So this is that same Nate. Do with that info whatever you want. Do some digging yeah. there. I also crashed the drone. I also have speedometer problems. And I was the unwilling host to Ass of the Week a few episodes back. It's, yeah. It's got yeah, a lot of stuff going rough. on here. Did you fix your shower? I don't know if I ever texted you. Like, how did that whole situation go? Uh, so our building supervisor really likes my dog. And okay. uh, so whenever we have like a work order, he's super excited. Like he comes the next morning, first thing, like has treats, hangs out with the dog, uh, which is great because he was like what happened i was like oh we had a house guest who lost their balance getting off the toilet and then they, they fell through the shower door and he's like oh no like were they super old and i was like uh. <laughs> you're like yeah they were like 95 it was really hard to see not like my um, hammered friend just was peeing and fell into it like yeah but because it was such like a clean like like the way the door fell off, like the track wasn't damaged. He's like, because it doesn't look like someone fell through this, he's like, the building's new. We could potentially get this like warranty fixed. And so they called the developer, they got the subcontractor out and they just replaced it. And so nice. Yeah. And so I, I told Brian that he owed my dog a toy because the building super hooked us up because he likes a dog. Go Ted. Nice. I know. I know. All right, well, we'll dive right into it. Colton, we didn't talk about the week. week. The Suez Canal driver. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> there we go. So, okay, hang on real quick. Ahead. I was, I listened to your last episode with Jack. And so like right before I listened to it, I was telling Brett actually, and some of our other friends, I was like, I like Jimmy's podcast, but it's annoying sometimes because generally when I'm listening to a podcast, I'm listening to like Malcolm Gladwell or like some pseudo academic and they do a lot of fact checking and the way Jimmy and Colton run their podcast, it just no. feels like random thoughts and it's not exactly like facts. And then, so Jack came on and complained about fact checking. And then uh, I think like Colton, you were talking about in the ass of the week segment about how like gas prices were going up. And I thought you were going to blame the Suez canal driver. I was like, yeah, like, Gas prices are going up because like global trade is restricted and generally like commodities prices de- determine how gas prices work at the pump. Therefore, ass of the week is that driver. But I think you were just like, yeah, the ass of the week is gas prices. And I was like, oh, they're so close to providing facts about now, something. I would have said that <laughs> potentially, but yeah, I, remember I didn't know we, it existed. We, we recorded on Monday. It got released, I think, Wednesday. So I think we missed oh. we missed yeah. a couple days there. So there okay. could have been some yeah. facts laid in there, I promise. But there's... yeah, no, it nope. it definitely and like we've had this problem a few times where like 
we'll literally record and then the next day like some crazy shit happens we're like well do we re-record like what do we do but yeah like i think start to finish that thing was just a roller coaster for the sake of like i was hearing about it through like memes and i was like is this old and then i was like i shouldn't be an idiot so then i started reading articles and i was like yeah but i still don't know what happened like it was still just like really confusing and i was like well i guess this really does mess up like world trade but so the I, one thing that yeah. doesn't make any sense to me is so that to get into the canal apparently you have to give up the helm of the ship in which to enter the canal and they have their own professional drivers from the canal to take it through so this guy i'm willing to bet has probably done this multiple times do we know what caused the boat to shift because i heard wind and that sounds ridiculous does it not sound ridiculous these things are massive (laughs) yeah except so um i don't know if you see this down by you a lot but like occasionally we'll get a super windy day up here and you'll see like a random semi just got blown over in the wind and you're just like (laughs) did the wind really do that but yeah like the wind really blows that crap over yeah i guess if you dig a ditch through the middle of a flat hot desert and you try to sail like one of the world's largest tallest cargo ships through it yeah that that thing might get blown over (laughs) it sounds rational and so also, yeah, the canal is so stupid thin. Isn't I mean I understand how much work has to go. Well, I actually I don't understand obviously, but like I get like it has to be a lot of work to make that canal. You, you couldn't have spared like ten feet on both sides, like just a little bit more. I don't even know. I'm just spitballing at this point. I mean, conceptually, yeah. Except I think they dug that canal in the 1800s. Oh shit! Okay, that makes a little like, bit more sense. Yeah, and so no could you imagine, though. like, like the three of us are digging this canal, and then, like, I don't know what kind of government Egypt had at the time, like a pharaoh or something. He's like, oh, can you make uh, 10, 10 feet wider? Just like, no, like, this took forever. <laughs> All right, another 100 years. <laughs> Goddamn. They're like, we just finished the pyramids. Now this. And now you want more? <laughs> a case of the Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rough. They were able to like pull it out and everything, like pull the boat out. And they were talking about like the world's largest tugboat. Did some fact checking. It would not have had the capacity in which to move it. I, again, I don't know how they moved it, uh, but they were well, able they to just blow the wind the other direction. Well, we just push it somewhere they... else. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I was going to say, also, do you know the final figure as to how much was lost trade wise from that blockage? Because I would see like hundreds of billions of dollars a day. They just start throwing out stupid numbers that I cannot comprehend. No. It's, like you could be like, we're losing $900 trillion a day. And I'm like, you could say like, we're losing like 300 grand. And I'm like, that's a lot of money. And you just make up numbers. Anything more than like 250000 a day. I'm like, that's a lot of money. Like, but I don't know. It almost feels yeah. like kind of weird, like made up numbers too. Like, it's like, well, the ships, like, the product still exists. Are you just losing it because it's not, like, how much of it would go to waste? Like, if it's, like, food products or, like, medicine or things like that, I'm like, yes, that's lost revenue. But I'm like, is it lost because we're so used to, like, getting it on time? I think that's And then it. that's just, like, a supply shortage versus, like, no, we're losing all this money. And it's like, but you still have the products. They might just get there, like, a week and a half later kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I think the most prescriptive metric I saw was something like a tenth of the world's trade flows through that area. Yeah, I think and I saw so that too. That's probably like the most digestible snippet. But you, you have to remember too, like the world has made, so it used to be like if you owned any business that sold to end users, you had pretty large inventories. And with the way globalization has happened and and how countries and economies are intertwined. A lot of corporations have gone to what I think they call in the industry as like just in time supply chains where things are arriving quite literally as they're running out on shelves. Um, it reduces on warehousing costs. It reduces on like accounting for inventory is a huge headache. Um, like the actual accounting, accounting and like tax treatments on inventory, blah, 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 how you track changes. And so, so many corporations are pushing to have as little inventory as possible. Um, it helps their stock prices too. Like if your inventory to sale time gets lower, it's like a metric that Wall Street cares about for some reason, even though it's not very prescriptive now. Um, but so if you imagine like most enterprises, most businesses in the world are relying on things to come in the morning they need them, all of a sudden having 10% of the world's commerce blocked is like a huge deal um so even if it's hard to pin a dollar figure on it it's like oh yeah this is this is this matters this is this sucks this guy's definitely assolutely <laughs> what a summation wow <laughs> Dang, that was that was i 110 the smartest snippet we ought to cut that jimmy that audio piece right there was the smartest you probably talked for 45 seconds to a minute that this show has ever seen you've already added value great job nate hell yes yeah happy to be here <laughs> there we go all right what are people talking about jimmy um so did you guys hear about tim shia shia um but he just moved into the first person like he's pretty much the first person to ever live in a 3d printed house um and i was reading about it so pretty much in the outskirts of austin texas um, they're building like 400 square foot homes constructed entirely from 3D printed material. Um, and it's pretty much the whole site's goal is to exist for homeless populations. Um, and he's like the whole, like the first person to move in, I guess, to the larger development um, later on. But I'm curious to see what they mean when they say fully 3D printed. Like, are you printing PVC? Are you printing like a toilet like is it like the structure alone like how the hell do you 3d print like copper wires for electricity like where i'm like structurally yes i'm following but like i don't know like you can't i don't think you can say like this is a fully 3d printed home because he walks inside and you're like not anymore so like yeah but it's an interesting concept because I have heard it thrown around a lot. And I feel like 3D printer technology has like changed quite a bit. Like it's way more affordable than it used to be. So like that might just be like the new thing. Like it kind of sucks with our dependency on plastic. But at the same time, like if you can build a house that's going to last like hundreds of years versus like 80 before you start having a ton of like structural issues, like maybe it's the future and it's kind of an interesting concept too that they're trying it out on like a smaller scale level while simultaneously helping a homeless population so kind of interesting so my only experience with a 3d printer is the shitty one we had at our high school um can they use other materials besides plastic 
to 3D print? Nate, you would probably know that. I've only 3D printed a few times. Yeah, um, you can get all sorts of filaments. Um, plastic, obviously, most common, but they do have like metal alloys that they'll they'll do. Um, and then they do have like wood-based, like grain, like natural grain type filaments. Um, I don't know a ton about 3D printing. We have one at one of my jobs and we use it to print. So like our infrastructure team has to put up like hotspots all over our campuses. And uh, the hotspots have like this ceiling mount that's like a hundred bucks from the manufacturer. And we bought a 3D printer and we've just been printing them on our own <laughs> to save that hundred bucks. <laughs> I think that's the only thing we use it for. Um, but yeah, uh, I would love to get a 3D printer. Um, I don't know, oh, this, is, this is such a rabbit trail, but so I fell down this Reddit rabbit hole of, you know, grown ass adults who 3D print and like manufacture their own Nerf blasters. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, and it's pretty common. So someone will design something and then sell like a $10 hardware kit for it. So like the barrel, the springs, the trigger mechanism, and then they'll give you the files to 3D print the body. And then, so I was like, oh, I should like get a 3D printer and start printing Nerf blasters for some reason and then i was like what would i do with all this so anyway yeah they're kind of in though I, uh, like during quarantine yeah, no. blasters were big time in you could have been way ahead yeah. of the way ahead of the market they're like kind of dope now like i had them growing up and then i bought one probably like three or four years ago now and like they actually kind of <laughs> hurt like they're way more fun like before it would be like you're more than eight feet away like i can't hit you where now it's like these things like fly across like entire rooms like whistling and hit the wall at, like Mach 5. This, this you... is not a Nerf brand blaster, but this is a lightly modified uh, <laughs> blaster from a Chinese company called Jet. And I was like, this will be great to have around for like when Kelly's nephews come over and I can like shoot them. And so when I first assembled it, I like fired a dart. I was just, we have like this random stand by our kitchen table and there's a vase on. I was like, I'm gonna see if I can hit that vase. And I shot it and the base like exploded. And I was like, oh, I can't <laughs> shoot a child with this. Like that's amazing. Die. For those that yeah, are listening, no, it looks like you just held up an M4. <laughs> like it just like, it looks yeah. like cool, just kind of silly red, like automatic rifles, what it looks like. Yeah. But it, it shoots insane. these super cool, like half-length darts. So Ooh. again, oh, that's kind of bitching. I'm holding up like a Nerf dart. It looks like the classic Nerf dart you're thinking of, but it's like cut in half. It's like a nine millimeter size, like right around like an actual bullet size, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels like a 45 ACP, but it's purple and fluffy instead of brass and all. <laughs> but it still can cause deadly. damage and break household <laughs> yeah. goods. Uh, all right. That was Colton, awesome. what are people talking about? This could be really quick. Um, just want to say this again. Joe Biden's dog bit another person while on a walk at the white house <laughs> i'm like this damn dog oh, no. this major and then jill i'm pretty sure was quoted as saying major still getting accustomed to its surroundings but i guess they was on a walk around the uh, lawn it nipped at one of the workers did actually bite them and they had to go it was very minor medical attention but again that's twice now this dog is bit i feel bad for the dog i'm not like making fun of the dog but this is two times now I wonder if there's like a three strike policy for dog bites at the white house. I'm not sure how it works, but major is still biting people. I don't know. That's all I got. 
All right. No, I I feel like that's a interesting update because even the last time we talked about it, like I know dogs, like it is kind of like a three strike thing. And then I think they have to put them down if people like want to like file against them. Yeah. And I feel like no one will in that case, but it's almost interesting, like using your presidential power to keep your dog from getting put down. But a dog is above the law. <laughs> that's probably why it's like dude i'm a presidential dog now i'm just gonna do whatever the hell i want like just take shits in the oval office like you do whatever the hell you want all right nate what you got what are people talking about uh i think and i, I felt like this was kind of topical for like the two of you like if you graduated this year in the middle of a downturn uh there's a lot of research out there about how people who graduate like in the midst of economic recessions are at higher, <laughs> higher risk for like early mortality, uh, like health issues and what, what we'd call in the academic world, like deaths of despair. Thanks, Nate. Um, Thanks for being on. <laughs> yeah. Fucking the highest shipper. of highs and the lowest of lows. Yeah. In <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's really all I got. Uh, it, was, it was kind of depressing, so I stopped reading. But there's a big Stanford study out there Uh, i believe it though like i feel like this is a little bit different because it's like like new to everybody but like even just like the stats alone of being like you've worked from home you don't see your friends like just like the depression rate and everything like that is going up so like not to spin it back to everybody else who isn't (laughs) in the 21 to 23 year old range but like it is like it's interesting too because i'm like yeah, it would be boring as shit to be like, I see the same two people every day. I look at a screen for eight to 10 hours a day. And then when I get off of work, I look at a screen for even longer. Like, it's just like your days are just depressing and that does have a long-term effect on you kind of a thing. But yeah, nice and chipper, Nate. Yeah. I mean, even if you <laughs> were to be like not in the pandemic and you just come out of school in like an economic downturn, I mean, oftentimes when you're not preoccupied with things that are benefiting you, you're you know, doing things that are not benefiting you, like by eating bad, by drinking, maybe drugs, just not beneficial behavior, maybe not working out. So makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like, like my, my daily life. <laughs> it's like, it's like my quarantine life. Shit, let's put that in a nutshell. <laughs> Say yeah. economic downturn. Yeah, this guy. But I feel like it almost is like now is the time to graduate for the sake of like, it's not like there's a downturn of like, I'm never going to get a job or things like, it's like, it is such a shit show that like everyone's in a bad place where it's like, all right, whatever. Versus like, uh, yeah, I'm 22. I just graduated. It's 2008. I can't find a job or do anything because it's just not going to happen where it's like, yeah, at least just throw everything at me. And then I can use the excuse like, well, uh, yeah, this large gap between when I got hired and when I graduated was, yeah, you remember that thing COVID and everyone's like PTSD and they just block it out. So it's like, yeah, sweet. Let's go back to talking about the job. Like interesting though, Nate. Nice, Nate. What a downer, but nice. <laughs> well, people need to talk about it so we can be, there needs to be discussion those issues. You're like hitting that, both man. ends of the spectrum that we don't usually hit. Like, so sophisticated and, like, so depressing. 
<laughs> your show is pretty happy-go-lucky. I, I like it because of that. <laughs> it's because we, we just hang out and drink beers and just shoot the shit. Like, it's the most casual podcast. That's probably why most sophisticated people... You don't come on and drop what you just dropped and be like, I listen to every episode as soon as it dropped. Like, you're like, no, I li- when I'm in between my medical journals, sometimes I put it on to have a laugh. Like... It's pretty fair. I, I just I read a lot. I can't help it. I think it's an obsession. Oh, oh, my dog's attacking me. There's worse things to be obsessed that over. So Major Bud. That's Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso? That's this is the, the dog's name. Yeah, I swear to God. We named him after Ted Lasso. This is the feel good show of the year. Kind of I like Ted. Ted's a good dog. <laughs> Ted's like right. pro- Ted's probably like a like a top five dog in my book of all the dogs I know. How many, do- How many yeah. dogs do you know off the top of your head, not including yours? Um, so I like Nate's a lot. Uh, one of my other friends has a super cool dog called Cash, named after Johnny Cash. Um, my neighbor has a fun dog. One of my other What's friends has like a. Do you Ted. really know it? Another, t- <laughs> it's another dog named Ted. It's a different. I also really like when dogs have people names because Nate yeah. can just casually drop like, "Yeah, I gotta go home and hang out with Ted," and they're like, "Is Ted your roommate? Like, aren't you married?" Like, it just like raises so many questions. Where it's just like you're like, "Yeah, I gotta go walk Kevin," and people are like, "Is that like your special needs brother? Like, what is the like?" <laughs> you just like Jeez. it's interesting. I, <laughs> dude, Nate relates to that. Nate has a brother who's special needs. That's why I said it. I wasn't trying to be funny. <laughs> Nate's laughing because he gets it. <laughs> well, J- Jimmy's Jimmy joined the short list. That's uh, just Jimmy and Brett that will laugh at my very very off color jokes. Yeah, about, uh, get behind that disabilities. Which all like, right? Well, before we get I into this rabbit say, hole, let's move back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's uh, what's the next one? What aren't people talking about? This guy runs the show. He just knows exactly what's coming. Exactly, yeah, it's what pretty, it is. It, it's a pretty simple format, Colton. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Easy to comprehend after a few beers. So, Nate, do you have one that people are not talking about? Anything that's uh, mildly depressing? I'm not sure if this feelings? is mildly depressing, but like, okay, so in the wake of... Oh, oh sorry, my dog's barking. Major. Major. Hey, shut up. <laughs> Ted. Um, so, like, in the wake of all the, uh, like, political unrest... Um, whether it's race related or gun related or you know electoral college related um, one of the talking points I keep hearing is like this is what the framers of the constitution wanted which I think is complete bullshit for several reasons one um, so like I think and this is very hypothetical so like let's say you could have like lunch with Thomas Jefferson and you're debating the pros and cons of electoral college, but you're like, yeah, but what, what about the 30 million people that live in California? He'd be like, how many people live in a what? (laughs) Exactly. Like, okay. Uh, Or like debating the value of like being able to have a firearm and like a well-regulated militia. Like, yeah, like the British might come back at any minute and like, you need your musket. And he's like, but this guy took a you know, a tech nine into an elementary school and killed 30 children in like eight minutes. He'd be like, oh, <laughs> fuck, like that's terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but like, that's kind of like- I can imagine Tommy we, J saying that. Like if, if we want to imagine them as being like reasonable people, we'd have, 
to then extrapolate to, they would have reasonable responses to hearing about like the crazy things that are happening today. And, and even if not, it's like, they were all slave owners, like they would get canceled today. Like I don't hold the framers in very high regard. Furthermore, there is like a documented phenomenon um, it's kind of like a small point of evidence for like microevolution in humans, but like IQ in humans goes up like generationally. And it has to do with like technologies developed and our brains are forced to think more abstractly about things. And the founding fathers and framers of the constitution by modern standards would be mentally disabled if they were alive today, just and, you know, I, I think that's something, too, that not a lot of people talk about, but, like, some of the generational gaps, I think, between, like, me and my grandparents and their ability to comprehend, like, why I don't use the N-word anymore, even though it was fine for you to say it, Grandma, like, there are some abstract things that we are forced to think about on a daily basis that previous generations did not think about, and it causes us to become more intelligent, like, empirically, and so... TLDR, the framers were weirdly dumb, not forward-thinking slave owners who created a government that moves slowly intentionally, which is good at times, but I don't know. I think we need to change. End rant. It's a good point. It's quality. I mean, again, that's another minute 30 little spiel over there. That's again, it's way, way past what this show typically sees, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard the, the, the Daniel Tosh like stand-up skit? He goes, relatively speaking today, looking back on Founding Fathers, there's a, a handful of idiots with a handful of decent ideas that have somehow just stuck over nearly 300 years, Like, like, which is a pretty decent summation of what that was. Because again, if you were to take them, relatively speaking, to what we see today imagine handing john adams an iphone how do you think you'd react i think his brain would ooze out of his ears it wouldn't it wouldn't even it wouldn't work he just would not be able to comprehend it as to what he's looking at or what the capabilities of a device like that would be so yeah i mean i think you're totally right with that characterization of them um again handful of good ideas but in in jest probably not the best of people or people you should be like role modeling after per se so yeah it just feels like the fetishization of them is so weirdly misplaced because it's like okay we've given a lot of account to what they wanted can we think about what our country needs now without looking at it through the lens of what they intended so anyway fair point oh yeah what you got? Cause I, I don't want to follow that. Mine's really stupid. So. Well, I'm about to dumb it down to shit time. Let's get it. So apparently, <laughs> so there are a bunch of rumors. We can talk about this as short or as long as you want. There are rumors, and Jimmy, we're going to go, and we're going to have an actual live Donkey Brain episode or episodes like regarding this. NASCAR might be coming to Chicago. The actual really? city of Chicago. They're thinking about possibly doing like a road course there. Just like in the streets? That'd Correct. be badass, dude. <laughs> Correct. So they just think like it's going to be happening. Lakeshore Drive, just crazy. So You got to drive under the bean. Like it would be so badass. Like it's getting like pretty heightened like support. 
And like, so iRacing came out with a whole new like digital track for it. Lori Lightfoot fucking tweeted about working with NASCAR. I thought I was in a fever dream seeing that Lori Lightfoot <laughs> and NASCAR kind of tweet. Together. I was like, what the hell is going on here? I don't know. I thought I was high, but uh, no, it's becoming a very real thing. And we might be able to see it here in the next coming years, as long as like restrictions for COVID kind of everything like that lists. But I thought that'd be just sweet to go to. Dude, that'd be badass. Like, I don't know. I think like there's like there's something to be said about like Talladega or like Daytona or like things like that where it's like, okay, these are existing, but it's also like shit, dude. Like this would be cool as hell to say like I saw it. Like it's almost like when people are like, I've been to Wrigley and you're like, okay, and they're like, I saw this band, and you're like, that's a little bit more exciting. Like if you're like, I'm from Chicago everyone's like uh oh. you're like no i watched like the race like at chicago you're like wow that is kind of bitching like that's yeah. something that chicago has never really had but yeah no i think that'd be sick as hell just getting hammered just talking about yeah. dumb shit we'll just record our conversations like that's pretty much what we do right now but we're just changing yeah. locations um <clears throat> so like the original sketches of this track are like are on like grant park i don't know the I know where that's at in the city. Um, yeah. I could send you the layout and everything of it, but I mean, it's pretty interesting. I'm like, I don't know how the logistics of that would even work. I mean, it had to divert traffic, divert people. I don't know. It's a massive undertaking, but if it happens, we're definitely going and uh, we're bringing recording devices and things of the like. So a few beers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. That's good. It goes without being said. So, all right. I'm guessing it'll be like a Lollapalooza type situation especially yes. at Grant Park. Yes. That seems. But that'd still be sick. Mm-hmm. It'd be very interesting. Like, it would be like Chicago gets dumpy. Like, Chicago gets pretty gross for Lala, but, like, it's not, like, that gross. Like, you're like, there's, like, a 17-year-old who got, like, hammered off, like, three shots of vodka because her parents wanted her to go and, like, experience Lala. Where this would be, like, dude, let's get some PBRs and just black out in the field. Like, it would just be – it's, like, different Chicago aggression, but, yeah. like, I'm all for it. Like, Chicago takes on white trash. Like, that'd be sweet. Oh, very different people, yeah. too. It's just extremely different ways of thinking. Oh, like dude, a, you know how mad I'd be if I lived in, like, a penthouse or something and I was like, great, all the fucking NASCAR folks are here next week. Like, you'd be, like, so irritated. Like, So the one thing that I'm, yeah. like – kind of concerned with is the noise factor i mean obviously lala's very loud if you ever go to a nascar race it's so unbelievably unbelievably loud i mean you can get hearing damage from it and that like echoing off buildings and everything it doesn't make a lot of sense how that's gonna be possible to work for over three hours probably i don't know fingers crossed man yeah we'll see it all right jimmy I'm not. Oh, go ahead, Nate. No, go for it, Nate. Oh, I was just gonna say, I'm not sure that I've ever seen like NASCAR race in like a city environment. I feel like you it's never imagine. urban, but also yeah. like it's interesting because, like, think of like Formula One. Like they literally yeah. race through like Monaco, like yeah. literally through the streets. Yeah. Like where it's kind of crazy because it's like interesting that that works, and like NASCAR is a little bit differently with like structurals and like literal less turns and whatnot, but like. It's just fascinating that, like, if they can do it, it might be a little bit different because it's Chicago and it's a different layout. But at the same time, it's like, all right, like, let's at least like it's been done before to some extent. So it's not like an impossible feat out of the gate. 
Yeah. Although, like, the Monaco, well, Formula One is a completely different animal. Correct. Like, as far as demographics and the types oh. of involvement. So, like, <laughs> just tax bracket alone. <laughs> the, the Monaco Grand Prix, I've often said that that's like the one. Um, I'm actually a huge F1 fan. I love uh, I love watching teams try to cheat, um, which I think is endlessly hilarious. Um, but uh, <clears throat> the the one thing about Monaco is like when you watch it on TV, and it's usually like eight o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Yep. The helicopter shots, it's like you'll see Ferraris parked next to the racetrack, and yep. like people on mega yachts like watching this race it's like the one event every year that makes me like reconsider my commitment to being a decent human being it's like <laughs> i should just throw all my morals out the window and focus on earning money and live the monaco lifestyle because that looks fucking amazing oh yeah um but i've never said that looking at the crowd at a nascar race <laughs> you're <laughs> so not going it's to never it's never going to get to that point <laughs> like it'd be pretty lowly remember we talked about like coming out of the gate during economic downturns that's more that crowd <laughs> that's that that's that crowd fun crowd though fun crowd oh yeah true all right jimmy round us out here all right so i'm gonna keep with my kitchen appliance trend Hell yes. because i saw this pointed out to me the other day why your microwave has so many buttons like why your microwave has a seven button like I personally heat things up in like increments of like realistically like 15, but like five to be safe. But like just weird that it's like, yeah, like who's putting something in for like 26 seconds? Like that's kind of concerning. Plus, like, I don't know if you guys use like the beverage button or like buttons like that. But I feel like there's just a lot on there. And it would look weird if there's like four buttons on like that whole section of it. But like, yeah, similar to like the toaster conversation, like I feel like there's just a lot going on and they're, they could just simplify it. Like we could just, we could take a step backwards. We don't need as many buttons. Like, I don't know. The only time the buttons four, six, seven, eight, and nine are being used would probably be to adjust the time. That's yeah, the I guess only that's time kind of I can think about that. Maybe that's why, like, just for like twice a year, like you just have to adjust the time and yeah. when you get it. But yeah, I don't. I think the only person I've ever known to put something into like that specific of a temperature is Danny Ream, and he would cook pop tarts at 17 seconds because he said he tastes that's when they tasted the best was like when they were cooked for that long. But I'm like, that's Ridiculous. still weird to me. Like, just round it at 15, suck it up, be a normal human being. Like, how many Pop-Tarts do you have to consume, good and bad, before you're, like, 17's the number? Like, yeah. who's got that kind of time? Like, I think the only other setting that I would use, other than high power, is preheat. That's probably the only other setting I'd Preheat used. a microwave? Yeah, there's, there's like the little preheat thing. So if you have something that's, like, frozen, you put it in there to speed up the preheating process. It's, oh, kind, man, of white, it's kind of a white trash you... thing. Do you mean defrost? Defrost. Sorry, yeah. shit. Sorry, sorry, okay. sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 yeah. sorry. My brain, like, my brain, my brain short circuited so bad. Defrost. Thank God Nate's here. He's the smartest guy on the goddamn program we've ever had. Yes. Yeah. Defrost. I heard D and pre. That's what my brain went to. But I feel like yeah. you use that like maybe once a week tops like defrost like chicken. Correct. Like 
Like if you're using it every day, it's like stop buying fucking frozen chicken. Like just buy it thawed. Like you you're adding too much steps to this. But yeah, I don't know. That's just my thought. I was like, you know, we'll keep on the track. The toaster thing's still brewing on people. We'll just throw. Maybe I'll go after fridges next week. Like I Nate, don't did know. you hear the uh, the sentiments on the toaster? You know, I think I might have just blacked out for that section was it like multifunction toasters or something no it was pretty much just like your toaster has too much ability like because like your settings like you never go past three but it can go up to like seven and you're like what am i cooking in a toaster versus an oven that needs to be cooked for that long without burning more or less yeah i can't imagine like kelly has one of those old school slot toasters well i guess i have one now because you know we're married and I'm always just like constantly burning things in it. And I'm like, I don't even know why people own toasters. It's like the most useless single, like single use appliance, which is funny because I have like a rice maker, but it has uh, one function. Ah, people people sleep on. on rice makers though. Dude. Plus you're I, Korean. It's kind of different. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, I use that rice maker all the time it literally has one switch. Like you put the rice in, you hit the switch and then it pops up when it's like done. And yeah, single function. Mm, love it. And it's actually my housewarming g- gift of choice too. So like the Nequists have one, the Riggses have one, the Vandenbosses have one. Like everyone I know who's like gotten yeah. house in the last five years, I've given I feel like it's good too. because that's one of those things where like no one will go out and buy it on their own. But yeah. like if they're gifted, they will use it. 100 percent all right we'll wrap this up then anybody got anything else nate thanks for finally being on it's only been like six months in the making but appreciate that you finally found the time no problem man thanks for having me hell yeah it was good all right that's episode 53 see (laughs) y'all